Hey there, you are listening to Let's Talk Food Allergies with Lisa Woodruff, a podcast inspired by my first book, Be a Food Allergy Helper. As a dietitian and food allergy mom, I love talking all things food allergies with my guests while exploring the realities of family life with food allergies. Today, we are talking with Katie Dreesens, a fellow dietitian and food allergy mom. Katie and I met way back when we did our internships together many years ago and reconnected in recent years. I am so excited to share my conversation with Katie, in which we talk about everything from ER visits to successful family vacations. But just a heads up, there are a few swear words that we don't censor, so we and we do get into real talk about food allergy reactions, so listener discretion may be advised. Also, before we get started, I want to share my disclaimer that this conversation and podcast in general is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a medical professional. As always, individuals with food allergies should consult their healthcare team to create an individualized food allergy and anaphylaxis emergency care plan. And now, let's talk food allergies. I guess just to get started, then why don't you tell me a little bit about your journey into the whole food allergy world? All righty. Gosh, this is a very open-ended question. So <laughs> I was a dietitian, or I am a dietitian, and I thought I knew a lot about food allergies, and I did kind of because I you know, went to school for this, but then what really like made this hit home and what really got me like, wow, I, I am living a life with food allergies is when my son was diagnosed. Gosh, he was about one. And that was almost three years ago. So that was like our first real, this is now life with food allergies. And it was kind of a wake up call. um, Because I thought I knew a lot, but I feel like there's so much of a difference between talking the talk and then trying to walk the walk. So it's been about three years. Mm -hmm. And what was that like um, with getting the diagnosis? You said he was about one years old. What was that process like for you? Oh, gosh. So I'll tell you about specifically what happened in details, but then like also the emotional stuff, too. So my son was born healthy, full-term baby. And, you know, we're excited parents. He's our second. And for the most part, he had a very healthy infancy. And then one day, it just seemed to come on out of the blue. And I hear other food allergy parents say this. We were trying eggs. I think we were introducing, yes, I think it was scrambled eggs that day. And he ate them and boom, full body hives. Freaked Mm -hmm. me out. Um, I didn't really know at the time, like when you needed to access care immediately versus, you know, when do you just take Benadryl? Mm -hmm. But I tend to be kind of a, I don't know if worry word's the right word I'm looking for, but I did immediately schedule an appointment with an allergist. And I'm questioning if that was, I mean, not a bad decision, but probably in the moment I should have taken him to the ER. Mm -hmm. In the moment, we did not do that because we did not know all that I know now. Um, (laughs) But we ended up taking him to an allergist who did confirm, yes, he did have an egg allergy. Then we also did... um, testing for dairy too, because I believe he had also had dairy that day Mm -hmm. and uh, that would have been cow's milk. And so actually we left the office being a little shell shocked that it wasn't just an egg allergy. It was also a dairy allergy. And so Mm -hmm. our world was kind of rocked because those are, you know, staple foods in our home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, um, and then, you know, starting to think about life when you're trying to omit those two things from his diet, um, it does kind of narrow, narrow things down a little bit, especially for a toddler who's eating, you know, not very gourmet meals, like scrambled mm-hmm. eggs is a real quick, easy food for a parent to give their, their baby for breakfast. So it's just kind of, oh, wow, we got to take that out. Mm-hmm. So how did you manage that? Like, how did you, um, like, how, how did you figure out, <laughs> you know, what to, what to do for breakfast and, and all those other things? Like, what were your immediate survival reactions? So luckily being a dietitian, I able to figure out, okay, how can I come up with some balanced meals to meet his needs to still get him, you know, fiber, protein, fats at meals. And so we started relying more on um, oatmeal. Um, luckily, he was a year so and he was starting to chew. Um, we could do like ground meats or sausage. Um, and those were some of the like protein staples that we were starting to do. And I felt like we were doing an okay job um, mm-hmm. with, with, with coming up with ideas, but I still don't think I realized the severity of the situation um, until we ended up changing allergists just a while later. Our first allergist was a little laissez-faire about dairy and actually instructed us, which was kind of shocking, it's okay to start having dairy. So we actually then started doing yogurt um, Mm -hmm. again, which I don't know was, I don't think that was the greatest advice. Um, Mm -hmm. They said that that children could um, grow out of it. But as I learned from you, Lisa, just because one exposure doesn't lead to a severe um, reaction or food allergy exposure doesn't mean that future ones cannot cause um, very severe issues. And we did unfortunately learn the hard way that we should have been taking dairy out that whole time because a few mm-hmm. years later we had uh, an ER visit due to, to dairy. Mm-hmm. So I wish in hindsight, but you know, hindsight, hindsight's always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. that I would have accessed seeing a registered dietitian like yourself, who's an expert in this. And I wish I would have been a little bit more of a food allergy parent advocate for my son and asked a lot more questions to our first allergist. Luckily, we ended up finding one that we are jiving with better, Mm -hmm. and um, I feel like we're in very good hands with with expert advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point Um, uh, because I know obviously we're both dietitians; we both work in healthcare. But I think um, sometimes it's just it's not something that occurs to people is if you're not having a productive or even, you know, a healthy relationship with a medical provider, you always have the option to, to find another one. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people are like, well, I picked this, I picked this allergist, or this is where I started. And, you know, it's too much work to change, or like, I don't want to, like, someone to not like me because I'm switching <laughs> providers. Um, so yeah, I just want to ask a little bit more, like, how was that process for you? How did you go about finding another allergist? And, um, now that you've completed that process, how does that feel? So I hate to admit that it kind of is a slower process. This actually took Mm -hmm. a while. We were introducing dairy and like it was mainly yogurt or cheese back in because those were cheese was specifically like shredded cheese, a good little finger food for him, you know, being a year, Mm -hmm. 18 months or whenever exactly that was. The doctor said, actually, it's okay. Why don't we try dairy? Um, So we started doing that. But 
my son um, had horrible eczema and we were seeing his pediatrician and, oh gosh, another specialist I'm trying to think of off the top of my head to address his eczema. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up having asthma too. And that's something we're still seeing uh, a pulmonologist uh, for. But what we learned actually from our pulmonologist is that eczema is a sign of inflammation going on in the body. And so it kind of made me connect the dots of, oh, maybe, um, maybe there's more diet uh, components here and maybe we should be revisiting this. Mm -hmm. So the eczema was actually like a catalyst to reevaluating his whole food allergy management and made Mm -hmm. us access seeing another allergist who did confirm on repeat skin testing and blood testing that yes, your son does still have a dairy allergy and you should a hundred percent be avoiding dairy at this point. So I think sometimes, you know, it's even crazy to think like I'm a mom, food, food allergy parent mom. I'm also a dietitian and that you have to be, I would say very diligent um, as a advocate in working with healthcare providers because sadly, as you and I both know, they're not all created equal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I said, or like you said, you have to kind of push to find one that you really jive with and one that you really trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad that we, like I said, it took a while, but I'm glad that we like listened to our gut, no pun intended, and um, like decided to access seeing someone else because clearly something was still wrong with him with his eczema Mm-hmm. all over his body, which was causing infections. He would scratch them. We have to, I know poor little guy, we'd have to get topical antibiotics um, and then sometimes steroid creams. And I was just going off of my um, provider's recommendations. Right. So I'm glad I questioned it and we went back and got a second opinion. So for any food allergy parent out there listening, do not be afraid to open up your mouth. I know that can be easier said than done, but um to ask questions or to, to get a second opinion. So just, just to kind of like ease anyone that's feeling a little unsure about, um, you know, getting a second opinion, um, like any, did you run into any like backlash or any resistance, um, from when you contacted the second allergist, um, or was that like a pretty smooth process? Good question, Lisa. So I would say it was actually a pretty smooth process. It was just a matter of just scheduling with another doctor. So Mm -hmm. we never really, quote unquote, like broke up with our former (laughs) allergist. We just merely started seeing another allergist. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely don't want to come across as an alarmist. I, I just think that, yeah, it was it was literally that simple, just calling up another office and saying, hey, we would like to establish with you. I think sometimes a good um, phrase that food allergy parents or anyone could use if they're looking to, to uh, transition to a different provider is just, you could blame it on insurance. We had a change in insurance. <laughs> we are wanting to access you as you are a network. That's a great idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I, I also think it's important to mention when we're talking about food allergies, like the medical field of food allergies is one of the most rapidly advancing out of all the areas of medicine. I mean, just there's so much research and funding and and growth in the field, um, especially with the increase in prevalence, that different allergists are going to have different levels of training and um, experience. And, you know, because when we're talking about allergists, like food allergies is a segment of what 
allergist <laughs> can provide for care. Um, so, you know, you can be an allergist and not be as, um, as much of an expert in the food allergy realm compared to, you know, another allergist. So I think these are all just important things for people to think about when they're trying to find someone that they connect with and they feel comfortable caring for their child. That's a really good point. You're right. Some are more maybe well-versed in environmental allergies versus food allergies. Mm -hmm. And you are correct. This was several years ago already. Physicians are, you know, we're, are human and you're right. They're always um, having to adjust with the times. Like you had mentioned, Mm -hmm. there's always new information, new data, new studies. And so it is somewhat gray, but I think healthcare in general is somewhat gray, correct? Right. Like, oh, yes. You can yep. line up 10 different doctors and get 10 slightly different points of view, but I think it's actually not a bad thing to have different lenses out there. So, hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally, that's a good point you made there. So as far as with your new allergist, how comfortable do you feel as far as like communication? So we, the next allergist was a lot better. I mm-hmm. will say, though, since that hour just we actually for real did have to switch again due to a, for a real insurance. Change. Oh, no. So we actually have a new appointment with a new hour just um, in a couple weeks. So okay. we still have to establish with another one. But that was for for like a real like we had a change with our HMO. So we had mm-hmm. a whole different new network that we had to schedule with. But oh, as gosh. it relates to a couple years ago, when we scheduled um, with this new person, a lot better communication. Um, I've gotten a lot more comfortable, I think, as a mom, voicing my opinions and asking questions. Um, I don't know if that's just time or just because we had a couple bad experiences that my, for lack of a better word, mama bear came out and Mm -hmm. I was a lot more comfortable in voicing my opinions. I also think it's helpful to have my partner, my husband with me at the appointments Mm -hmm. to also be like an extra set of eyes and ears and voice. Um, so that way we can both like process the information together. And he might be able to think of a question that might not be able to come to the tip of my tongue right at the minute. Mm-hmm. So I think having it be like a family thing when we're going to the hour just has been more helpful for us so we can both speak up. That's a very, very good point. There's always strength in number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I think you've told me before you and Bright both go. Yes. Yep. Have, no, have if we can make it work. Yes. Mm-hmm. We always try to both go. Yeah. And I, yeah, I also highly recommend that for anyone um, for many reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially when you've got, you know, a little one and you're doing any type of testing. It's always good to have multiple parents to control all the, you know, <laughs> Oh yes. That's all the so extremities. <laughs> yes. Yes. Extra hands on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, totally agree with that. And while one is maybe squirming around in another person's lap, but you're yes. it's a young child, the other parent can be more listening to the physician. Totally agree with that. Extra right. hands never hurt. Right. And even if it's a single parent household, you know, finding any type of support system, you know, a, a another family member, a friend. Yeah. Having having two adults at an appointment, I think I highly yeah, I highly recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good point, Lisa. Okay, so let's go back to your initial diagnosis, and then I want to circle around to your your ER visit. Um, But when the initial reaction happened, how did you process that? Honestly, I think my husband and I did okay with the Mm -hmm. initial, your son has an egg allergy and a, a dairy allergy. 
I don't know why, because normally I tend to kind of, I don't know, think of all the scenarios. We did okay, though. I will say, though, having a young child, you're with your young child more. I was at home a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I worked, I stayed at home during the day, and I went to work at night. And so my son was always with me or my husband, mm-hmm. um, because we, we worked at different um, different hours. And I understand that all families have that, but that was our situation at the time. So I felt very good that we both were in control of his, his food, at least for the first three years of his life. Mm-hmm. And so that, um, that I think made me feel better. Um, I will say though, it actually was more with over the last year or so when his asthma got worse and, um, we actually had that ER visit that I actually became, oh my gosh, like even the most, even if you are well-educated and like I said, like being a dietitian and you have a background, things can happen to anyone at mm-hmm. any time. And I think that that's what made me a little bit more, wow, we really need to have a good plan when we leave the house because it was something when we left the house that led us to the ER. Mm-hmm. So I think honestly, to answer your question, I know I'm kind of going off here. <laughs> My initial response was okay. It was actually the more that I learned the more that I was like, okay, we, we really need to put our, our noses down and make sure that we've got a much better plan when we leave the house. Cause our home feels kind of like a safe haven for right. me. And this is my opinion as a food allergy parent, it's leaving the house where I think there's a lot more variables and where my, um, my mama bear comes out just a little bit more. Right. So what, what do you do as far as um, just for like you personally, when it comes to situations for leaving the house, since I, I know you don't live in a bubble and, you know, I, I know neither of us would recommend anyone living in a bubble, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, but so how do you, how do you deal with that as a parent with, with managing that risk and, and the anxiety and, and, you know, everything that goes into that? Well, I will say I've learned a lot from you <laughs> and I think having you as a friend and a colleague has been wonderful. So I have another food allergy parent that gets it. Mm-hmm. I think just you know, the, the camaraderie, the conversation is always right. great. So that's one thing I would say, establishing a support system and people who understand it or who are willing to listen and get it. The second thing that I found very helpful was you providing very specific instruction and education on EpiPen and actually encouraging us to not just own it because we've always owned one this whole time, mm-hmm. actually getting it out and practicing with it and yes. actually having family practice it. I can't talk, practice with it, having his sister see it, having grandparents see it. So it's mm-hmm. not just this hidden medication on the counter that no one talks about. Let's actually get it out and practice with it, play with it. Um, the trainer, I should say. And, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Always make sure it's on hand instead of stashed in the cupboard. Because I think we were honestly kind of like in denial, like, oh, it's just this medicine up in the cupboard we're never going to need. Right. Nope. Get friendly with it. And my my four-year-old, he's four now, he's actually like, well, we've gotten the trainer out and let him play with it and and see exactly how it works. Because they're very simple once you play with it. But I think it's good to get like a little muscle memory down so you would know exactly what to do should you need to administer it. Right. Yes. I'm a big fan. I've got several, several different types of um, auto injectors just because of the work that I do as far as like the different trainers out there. Um, But yeah, I I agree. I'm a big fan of just, you know, letting my two year old just play with them because I think it kind of 
desensitize the scariness a little bit of mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you bring it out, it's it's not going to be this like new foreign object to add even more stress. It's, you know, talking about it, like this is our epi, you know, we need to take it with us. Um, balancing the, you know, like it is what it is versus, you know, telling too much to scare them. I think finding that balance that works for each individual family. Exactly. It's like someone with type one diabetes would never probably leave their house without their insulin. Someone with uh, a food allergy would never leave their house without their EpiPen. So we actually, and this was another thing I learned from you was to get some sort of uh, a way to carry this around. Mm -hmm. And then we actually ended up getting a clear backpack. I think I I might've saw seen that on like TikTok or something, but mm-hmm. someone said a clear medical bag. And I was like, that's a great idea because that is. we can visually see it. Should we need it in an emergency? We're not trying to dig like to the bottom of a purse and go into the, the great abyss of my purse. Right. It's right there um, in a clear bag for us to see. And we actually call that um, my Dax is my son's name, Dax's medical bag. And we take that every time we leave the house, it is hung up by the back door so that way when we walk out the door to our garage it's just right there in our face for us to grab it has his yes it has his inhalers it has his EpiPen, and also what i learned from you it has his allergy safe foods so that way if we go to a place and Mm -hmm. maybe there's something that you know not really appropriate for him to have or there's too much risk for cross contact we've at least got an option for him because as you know you've got young kids too snap Mm -hmm. time is all the time and you want to make sure you've got something ready for your kiddo should you need it. Right. Always better safe than sorry. Yep. Totally agree. Yes. So I love that idea. I love the clear backpack idea. Um, I know there's so many different products out there. Um, You know, there's some like allergy specific brands. There's like fanny packs. There's like kid friendly purses. There's so many different things out there. I think like, but the bottom line is find something that works for your child and, something that your child will actually use. Um, so oh, I know you said Dax is four. Is he, is he doing any of like the self-carrying? Is he um, like, is he involved? How do you incorporate him in that? Like can't leave the house without, without the epi. Great, great question. So right back to that bag we were just talking about, he mm-hmm. knows we don't leave the house without this. So for some reason we step out into the garage and let's say my hands are carrying something else. He'll actually say, mommy, we forgot the bag. So we've taught, we've taught him. He's another layer. And I don't, I mean, that might be kind of an adult um, responsibility to put on the child, but I still also don't think it hurts to tell him, Hey, remind mommy to grab it. Right. It's my responsibility and I do grab it, but he'll stop me if I'm like carrying a box out to the car first mommy, we forgot my bag. So he knows we've put that on his radar that goes with you when we leave the house. Um, and then other things we do is we've talked to him about his specific food allergies that he should be avoiding. And Mm -hmm. we've taught him to actually ask people when they offer him a snack to say, I have a dairy allergy. Do you know if there's dairy in there? Or, mommy, can I have this? And so he's very aware, especially when it comes to going to someone else's house, that he should speak up and say, hey, can I have this? Um, Yep. So he is aware that he is allergic to eggs and dairy. And I don't think we've talked about this yet so far, but we did find out within the last year, there's also a potential 
tree nut allergy, we're mm-hmm. scheduled to do an in-office uh, oral challenge for that to confirm if that's still an issue or not, because we've had a negative skin test and a positive skin test. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to, we're going to see. So that's still kind of on the radar, but for right now we are still avoiding tree nuts, but yes, gotcha. he knows those three things he should be avoiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Way to go as a, as a parent. That's so awesome when, you know, cause that's ultimately our goal, right? As parents like to raise our children so that they can independently manage this food allergy. Once they get to the point where they're more independent, they leave the house and so forth. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, hey, I learned a lot of this from you. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's all good stuff, right? So yeah, I guess to kind of summarize there, we've taught him he needs to leave his house with the allergy bag. And we've taught him that he needs to speak up with uh, foods um, so yeah, he, he's aware of what his allergens are at, as, as a preschooler and mm-hmm. he's pretty good about verbalizing that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, let's jump back to your ER visit. Cause I know that's a lot of people's biggest fear with, you know, as food allergy parents is, um, is those, those severe reactions and, and ER visits and, and all that not so fun stuff. Um. But we, we did talk a little earlier, you mentioned this, how, you know, once you like accept that it's not if, it's when um, a food allergy reaction happens, that gives you a lot more confidence in your ability to navigate life. Um, so, but let's, let's bounce back and let's just kind of talk through that. Like, um, it, whatever you're willing to share about the circumstances leading to the ER, your time in the ER, and then how... Um, it changed your outlook um, after being released from the ER. So gosh, this would have been, was it over the summer? I think it was in the summer. I think so. Yeah. I think I called you in a panic (laughs) (laughs) after it all the dust had settled. So we were, we've been fortunate. So he was diagnosed at one that Mm -hmm. we did not have an ER trip until he was like three and a half, almost four. Mm -hmm. So what happened? We left the house that day. We did have his a bag with us that has his epi and all of his meds and snacks. We were hungry though, and we're out longer than we thought. And we decided to go to a coffee shop and there were lots of vegan items on the menu. Mm-hmm. We got him a vegan cupcake, um, which we think was not vegan. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And we think the, uh, either the crossed, either the cross contact or um, maybe it was mislabeled or they grabbed the wrong one, had dairy in the frosting. We don't think it was tree nut. We think what his ex- thing he was exposed to was dairy, yeah. either like cream cheese or um, uh, something in the frosting is what we think is what did it. Okay. So we got him the cupcake. Um, we thought we were going to be okay. We had our EpiPen. And like you mm-hmm. said, like we're, we're trying to live as normal of a life as possible. And we want him to still be able to, you know, go out and eat things out of the house, which we actually do pretty often. And usually things are just fine. I, again, do not want to be an alarmist for food allergy parents out there. Mm -hmm. Normally everything is just fine. This one time it wasn't. And we think it was either an accident or some sort of mishap obviously happened, but he consumed the cupcake. We were sitting down and almost instantly, I would say within a minute of him starting to eat the frosting, he has this look on his face, like, oh shit, something is wrong. <laughs> and he starts vomiting. Oh, Perf- oh profuse- my gosh. Yes. Profusely vomiting all over the table. 
we tried to get um, like a container to try to control it and keep it, you know, easier to pick up. Um, And he just was kind of obviously miserable from that and kind of alarmed. And we quickly picked up, um, kind of like waved over to the, um, the people that were working there at this cafe, like, Hey, we got to go. This is an emergency. And we walked out and, um, we just drove immediately to the ER. We were very close to one. Mm -hmm. Um, we kind of in the car were like, should we give it to him? Should we not? Lesson learned. We should have administered the epi, but Mm -hmm. I think our fight or flight response was get to the ER Mm-hmm. And we did end up driving right to the ER. And luckily, everything turned out fine. Um, they monitored monitored him for several hours. Um, they actually ended up not giving him epi when we got there. He was on a steroid for a lung infection. And mm-hmm. they think that that was part of what prevented it from becoming like a severe anaphylactic reaction. Was oh, that wow. he, yeah, that he happened to have just, he was on, um, uh, I think it was prednisone for a lung infection that was diagnosed earlier in the week. So okay, we luckily everything turned out just fine. That though was probably the most alarming moment for me and my husband was we are not invincible. We mm-hmm. need to always be asking questions. Um, and especially with places when you go out to eat, we need to be a lot more diligent about talking with the person who had prepared it is this for, you know, is there not cross contact or, you know, what exactly is in here mm-hmm. um, instead of being a little bit more laissez-faire. So that was the moment that I was like, okay, instant appointment with you, Lisa. <laughs> and um, even a dietitian uh, who I would say I was pretty well educated on food allergies, um, but I'm only human. And I think that the emotions kind of take over when it gets close to home, like mm-hmm. when it's your own child. And I, I say the same thing, like with my own health, like I know a lot about instructing and guiding other people in my own practice when it comes to, to caring uh, for someone. But I feel like for some reason, when it's you, it's like, oh my gosh, now I'm the patient. It's just a totally different role. Right. So I, um, instantly booked an appointment with you to just double check. We have all our docs in a row with how to handle cross contact, um, resources for going out to eat. Um, and that is like what really put us into action mode again, that with revisiting the EpiPen, instructing all of our family or babysitters, anyone that's ever with our son on it, talking with daycare. It was kind of like a big catalyst for us. And I think I hear that with a lot of other food allergy parents that when you have a severe reaction in an ER trip, it kind of is a wake up call a little bit. Right. People tend to kind of like drill down then on their, their food allergy management plan when something like that happens. I mean, understandably so. Right. Right. Cause we're all human. Right. Right. I think, yes, definitely. And I think we're kind of, we're forced with, or like we're faced with like two options. It's like one, we can just kind of like self-destruct pity party, you know, put the blame elsewhere. I'm not doing anything. Or you can take it as an opportunity to learn from it and figure out like, what can you do differently? Or how can you be more prepared for when um, something like this happens again? Yes, you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, My initial like reaction in the car was, damn, why did I go to a place where I wasn't 100% sure like a, a more mom and top place but I'm like Mm -hmm. you know it's not their fault it it could have been on us and like you said um 
it's better to take that information and learn from it and grow with and grow from it. it mm-hmm. Unless of course it was negligence, which I don't think it was in this situation. Right. But right. Um, uh, yeah, learn and grow from it and, and come up with a, a better, more refined plan if mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. So what other takeaways did you um, get from this experience? Uh, the first, my honest answer to that is n- to not be scared to do the epi right away. Mm-hmm. And that's what made us revisit. We need to practice with this and regularly practice with it and not go to the ER first, um, always administer epi and then call 911 or go to the ER. So that right. was my biggest takeaway from this experience. Um, but I was you know, this is never going to happen to us. I'm a dietitian. We've lived with this for three years. We've navigated this very safely. And like you said, it's not always a matter of if it's a matter of when, and you need to be prepared to act because, uh, I'm going to have you re refinish this statement I'm trying to make, but epi enhances survivability. Mm -hmm. And we were lucky. My son had a, um, prednisone on board basically is what the ER doctor said. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, an odd blessing in disguise. But so yeah, my biggest thing was epi and then go, not go, and then see what they say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how was, how was your experience working or like with interacting with the staff in the ER? They were excellent. They got mm-hmm. us right in. Um, we, we ran right to the admitting area and my son did vomit again right then (laughs) and it was obvious and I said you know he's had an exposure he has several food allergies we got right back the staff um we're actually in a pediatric ER so it was Mm -hmm. specific. so the whole staff seemed very well versed on these I can imagine you know being a pediatric ER that that's probably something they see Mm -hmm. regularly they immediately um started monitoring him um, I believe they brought in Benadryl. They had asked us several questions and I did mention he's on a steroid. So they did not give him another one. Mm-hmm. The doctor, the ER attending said, we're not going to give Abby right now. I think the situation is under control. We're going to monitor him though, to make sure there's not a delayed reaction. Okay. So that's, that's what our experience was. Um, I very much trusted the staff though. I, I felt in very good hands there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's always um, a big relief and and comforting to know that, you know, you can trust (laughs) the staff in the ER and, and, you know, they'll, they'll take care of you and, and um, yeah, monitoring for that delayed reaction is so important as well. Mm -hmm. They, he knew by the book, like exactly what to do, um, was super calm, very good with my son, very good at calming us to um, emotional parents down and uh, the, the attending actually stayed in the room with us quite a while to um, monitoring my son. So I felt like they very much listened and um, provided some good education, good explanation of the scenario. So I, yeah, I, was, um, I was overall very happy. I do have to say, now that you're asking me about this, <laughs> I wonder if I'm having a little bit of a trauma block. Because um, I'm like trying to recall exactly what was said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of other food allergy parents can kind of relate to that. Like it can be, it can be traumatic when these things happen, but, um, yeah, so th- that's very interesting. You're asking me now and I'm like, I can't a hundred percent recall order of steps that happened that day, but it was a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually, I was going to kind of go there next is, um, like, like real talk, um, 
after everything was fine, after you came home, how did you process that experience? Like what happened to your emotions? You know, just, just talk us through a little bit of that. Well, I think like I said, I called you right away or texted you and you <laughs> kind of calmed me down. Because I think I said to you, I'm homeschooling. Um, <laughs> that like, knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> yeah, my knee-jerk reaction. And not, not to bash homeschooling or anything right. like that. I just mean more like keeping him in my safe haven bubble, which mm-hmm. for me, that's, you're right. That's probably not how I want to live my life and how I want him to go about living his life, of course, he can make those own decisions as he grows up and becomes an adult of what he's willing to do or not do. But I had a knee-jerk reaction. Yes, the real talk. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. He, like, <laughs> he, we're not going anywhere. We're never going out to eat. We're never, you know, like, we're just going to stay home. And mm-hmm. that did pass very quickly. That was just my emotions. I worked through those. And... um I started searching out, you know, the practical information, having a follow-up appointment with you, revisiting the EpiPen, Mm -hmm. getting out the trainer, and um, uh, we got got another appointment schedule with Allergist, and our next main steps are doing that um, uh, in-office challenge for the tree nuts to see if that's still relevant. and, and yeah, that, yeah, always having Epis. And then the, oh, the other thing I was always having two Epis. Right. Always having two, two Epis. So, uh, yeah, we just focused in on what's our plan of attack after the initial reaction and emotions passed. Right. Right. Because, you know, we're humans. We're going to have, we're going to have just like those crushing emotions. Because, um, you know, as a parent, <laughs> when your child is, you know, in danger, it's, it's going to unreleased. Un- un- or release all of these intense emotions and you know to jump back to the knee-jerk response you know everyone has their their threshold for like what works for them in their life and what is a like a knee-jerk reaction um you know and I think it's important that we don't make snap decisions or we don't do those follow-through on those those knee-jerk reactions until you have time to process all those feelings and reflect like okay what is what is my family's standard for quality of life what can we you know what can we accommodate and but also like what do we need to keep in our lives for our like social emotional health and and all of that so yeah yeah. totally agree I I actually think there's a network of professionals out there that encourage parents seeking their own behavioral health therapist right to work through this because you in my opinion, don't want that to project out onto your child. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to work through that as your own human because you are your own human, right? Like, right. You, you have your own emotional thoughts and needs. And um, that's something that's on our radar as well is, is processing these different traumas. And also for my son, if ever gets to a point, allowing him to process his, his own experiences too. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, that's a very good point. Um, handling emotions appropriately. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of using this as a, as a segue, <laughs> um, I know one of the things for your family that um, 
gives you gives you purpose, gives you fulfillment in life is is traveling and having experiences <laughs> together. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know you guys went on a trip recently with everyone, including your food allergy child. Do you want to just talk about that a little bit, where you went and how you decided to go there? Oh, yes, Lisa. You know the way to my heart. <laughs> the way to my heart is travel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Enriching your lives, exploring other cultures, going around the globe. Yes, travel mm-hmm. makes my heart sore. So clearly it was a knee-jerk reaction because, like I said, that happened over the summer. And then also this summer we decided um, we were going to go to Disney. I mean, we didn't make a quick decision that we were going to Disney. We had this planned. We decided we were still going to go. Right. So, yes, we, we did go to Disney World, and I was blown away with how – great their customer service and accommodations are for people living with food allergies so yeah it, it was amazing I ended up writing my own personal blog about it because I think it's important to share maybe for uh, food allergy families who are considering going to Disney and not really knowing what like really to expect right there's there was a lot of good there's so much good that's awesome because I, I feel like especially with traveling and staying someplace outside of our house overnight, that is a big, like, that's like a big anxiety hurdle for a lot of food allergy families. Um, So I guess, how did you prepare in advance? Great question. So we researched and I talked with you, you had some awesome resources to share about dining at Disney and navigating food. So we looked through those and then my sister actually is like a Disney expert. She knows the ins and outs of all the parks. She got mm-hmm. me set up on the Disney Experience app. And I learned that you can mobile order and look through all of the food options within all the theme parks and hotels. And they will spell out if it has an allergen. I believe they actually spell out ingredients too. So okay. it was helpful to have that all right at my fingertips to be able to quickly see depended upon where we were that day, what my options were for feeding him. Mm-hmm. So there was a plethora of options. Even with him having multiple food allergies, we were still able to give him a variety of food offerings mm-hmm. while we were there. It wasn't just, you know, like a prepackaged bar. There was there was food, real prepared real food. Yeah, yeah. Real fresh prepared food he could eat there. And um, so I guess to answer your question, how did we prepare, researched our food options and um, also pack, brought some packaged food because I, I do think that it's always wise as a food allergy or a person living with food allergies or a family going somewhere, it's always a good idea to have stuff on you. Right. But we did buy some stuff. What I did not prepare for, and this is my PSA, <laughs> the airports, I did not prepare for the airports. And I right. was actually shocked at how little options there were at the airports that we flew in and out of. And... I mean, I'm sure there was options, but I didn't research it, but I wasn't having to anticipate researching major international airports. Right. And so I think if we would have had more time, but you get there, you know, you have to go to your gate or your terminal and you don't really have time. There's not really like an app to figure out like what's where. Right. So we should have hindsight's 2020 researched airports better. And my understanding, there's like a whole airport Facebook food allergy group out there of like where to eat at different airports so I I'm like okay I should have looked I should have read more into that um in terms of preparing but yeah bringing our own food like to have on hand and then researching what actually was at Disney and in the whole Disney World area 
lots mm-hmm. of options that it just, yeah, I cannot say enough good things about how I was anticipating going and how it actually was so much better than what I thought. Oh, awesome. Okay. So just to kind of summarize, as far as going to Disney, there's an app that you can look through so you can actually plan in advance options, what you can order at the different parks. So you're not making like a snap decision right there. You can actually prepare and make a list of different things to choose from when you're at the different parks. Um, But then as far as like, don't forget about the airport, (laughs) Yep. whether it's like bringing snacks with you or doing some research in advance, especially when you have little kids, even if it's like a one or two hour flight, you're still looking at like a half of a day being Mm -hmm. dedicated to travel and kids need to eat. (laughs) They get cranky. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's always good to have food on hand. Right. Yeah. So I think it's called the Disney experience app without having it right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for food. I mean, it's the Disney experience. So you can book a hotel on there. You can buy park tickets on there. It's got the whole fast pass thing. Um, basically anything related to resources at your fingertips within the Disney mm-hmm. world area. It's all in this app. And I went several years ago to Disney without my, my son who has the food allergies. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking much about this or paying attention to it. Um, but and I don't even know if it was on there at that point in time, but at least, yeah, our most recent trip, summer 2022, the app is awesome for being able to mobile order. We didn't actually always go through with the mobile order, but you could at least pull it up and look at your options. And sometimes we would just go in and dine, but you did have the option to mobile order. And then you could, in that uh, part of the app, see um, what your dairy-free options are, your egg-free options, your gluten-free mm-hmm. options. They cater very well to those with celiac disease, your tree nut option or tree nut or nut-free options. So there was, um, I believe the major allergens were all addressed. Those were the ones, of course, that I was looking at. Right. But right. It, yeah, it was, it was fabulous. So that, that's a good point. So it may be a different experience for a family that has, um, you know, an allergen outside of the, the top nine, mm-hmm. right? You're just speaking to your experience with, with the top nine food allergens. Yes, you are yes. correct. Okay. Um, really quick, I want to just talk about traveling with your EpiPen. Any issues or how did that work? No issues at all as it relates to like TSA, if that's what you're yep. thinking about. We just- Yep, airports we, and all that. Airport, <laughs> yep. We had our medical bag with us that goes with him everywhere, the clear backpack, all of his medications were in there, his um, various inhalers, his epis, um, Benadryl, Tylenol, you know, and then all the other kids' stuff you might need in mm-hmm. case something were to happen. But yeah, we had it all with us, walked right on through and no issues. Um, being a diabetes educator in my other life or my, my private mm-hmm. practice, I always tell patients to take the prescription, which is usually stick like a sticker on Mm-hmm. the um, box that it comes in, like, for example, for insulin, just in case TSA were to say, like, you have a needle on you. Um, it's always good to show them. Here's the prescription with the uh, prescribing physician. So we had that mm-hmm. with us just in case, but okay. no one said anything. Okay. Did you have to have like a doctor's note or travel with anything like that? Or do you think just the prescription for the epi was, would have been sufficient? My understanding is the prescription alone satisfies TSA recommendations. Okay. But I would have to double check that. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the TSA or the prescription alone is, is sufficient for uh, needles specifically. 
Perfect. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about like actual dining experience at Disney. Would you be willing to pick like one of your locations and just kind of like walk us through what that process looked like? Sure. So we didn't go to parks every day, but I would say the majority of our trip was spent going to a theme park. And for those that Mm -hmm. haven't been to Disney World before, there are four main theme parks and a few water parks. Mm -hmm. And so we had tickets for the days that we were going to go to the park. So we went out to the park and while we were going over to the park that morning, I would just pull up the app real quick and kind of map out what are a few options even though I had researched it in advance, just so mm-hmm. I could refresh my memory. Okay, what what are the options at this park? And kind of ask my son, like, you know, do you, do you want Mexican today? Do you want, there was even a vegan grilled cheese. Like, like what kind of sounds good? So that way we could kind of figure out, you know, what the cadence was going to be of going and go, doing some rides. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, where would we go dine at? And what were our options at various like, dining locations in the park? So yeah, I would just kind of look at, look at it. But then, yes, when we actually got to the physical location, um, I'm going to highlight a couple of the sit-down restaurants. So we would, we sat down, waitress came over, started to take our order. And my understanding is when you announce to someone taking your order, either a waitress or if you're at a quick service place, they are trained themselves or they are to grab someone who is trained in taking the order and ensuring that the food allergy order is handled appropriately. So we announced okay. this and very well versed in what the menu items were. They have a binder at each location mm-hmm. where they can grab it and show you all of the ingredients. And that was very reassuring that they would each time we asked someone would go get the binder and we could look specifically just to double check. And I think sometimes food allergy parents like that peace of mind of I want my eyes over it. I want to see what's in this, what's in this item. And so we were able to do that, which was great. Oh, wow. And yes. And then at each place, um, my understanding is they have a separate area in which they, pref- they prepare food allergy meals or uh, meals that avoid the major food allergens. And um, there is someone that is trained in handling that and making sure that there's no cross contact and it's cleaned very well. Um, and then it even is put on a special tray and special plates and there are special little flags that on my blog, I took a picture of this. There's a flag (laughs) that they'll put in the food that says allergy. So that way everyone who is visualizing that food, or if it's, you know, going through someone's hands on the way back out, that this should not touch anything, um, that this is a, you know, especially made food with love Mm -hmm. and there's a reason this flag is in here. And that happened across the board. Um, so start to finish, just to recap, because they talk a lot. You would order um, either that person or they would grab someone who was versed in um, food allergy ordering and what needed to, the trickle down of what needed to occur for that. The food would come out on special trays mm-hmm. with special plate silverware and a special designated flag that said this is a food that we need to be careful of for cross contact. And there is a a person that's going to be eating this, that it needs to avoid a major allergen. And then it would be served to us. And I was always like, oh my gosh, I wish this happened (laughs) everywhere, not just at Disney World. And Mm -hmm. one other thing I forgot to add is no one ever made us feel like, oh, here's the allergy kid. We're going to have to, as I, I have to be real and say, I have felt that many places going out to eat, like, oh, 
crap. You're an inconvenience yes. to us. Yeah. Yes. You're an inconvenience yeah. or, oh, do they really have an allergy? They're just trying to be a diva, which I totally do not think those things. Those are things I have heard. Right. Or the eye roll or something. They were very attentive, very kind, listened, asked questions from a very like non-judgmental, I want to get this right. Mm-hmm. And that was across the board of wherever we went to go out to eat, which just made me so happy because, oh gosh, I'm actually getting teary right now. Oh. <laughs> it made me so happy because, you know, I don't get that a lot of other right. places. Right. And um, yeah, I just, it made me so happy. And I remember saying to my husband several times, like, I wish other restaurants were like this because mm-hmm. I don't think like it's going above and beyond to have a designated area or to have a special like flag in it or you know those aren't really hard things it's not hard to tell someone to be empathetic to this so but they nailed it they they hit the nail on the head and I was so happy and I was like I want to live here (laughs) it was great it was great so they were consistent regardless where you're at what type of dining like the experience was consistent and you felt safe the whole time oh my gosh 110 percent it was great it was great that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So any food allergy parent that's listening, um, it, I, I cannot stress enough. And I know like it's my word right now, but experiencing it, if you ever get to experience it for yourself, I thought that they did a fabulous job of listening, following through, um, just, yeah, start to finish. The whole experience was great in terms of dining and making the steps or taking the necessary steps to double check that my son was safe. That's awesome. So you would definitely recommend Disney to other food allergy families. Oh my gosh. 110%. I feel like everyone needs to (laughs) follow after Disney. And I know Disney is known for customer service. Like Mm -hmm. people just know Disney likes to go above and beyond and do that extra little touch. And we we totally felt that even with, with food allergies. Mm Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that experience with us. And I know as parents, like we just want as, as normal as possible mm-hmm. a life for our food allergy children and to be, to be able to have that vacation experience that, that is just amazing. I'm so happy for you and, and your family. And dad. Oh, thank you. I, I hope you guys get to experience it sometime. It's because um, obviously like it's, you know, outside of the food, like Disney's just mm-hmm. such a magical place as it is and that that made it feel like even more extra magical because going, I just, I wasn't sure my guard was a little up because mm-hmm. I think sometimes when a place has high volume, there's more chance for things to go wrong because right. it's such a, it's such a big ship, right? And it's, it's sometimes hard to steer a big ship, but mm-hmm. even as massive of a place it is at Disney, you could clearly tell they had streamlined hardwired processes in place to double, to ensure that, things were not going to fall through the cracks um, in, in getting safe foods to those with, with food allergies. That's amazing. Oh, yay. I know. Thank yeah. So much for it was great. That experience. So book a oh, Disney yeah. trip, anyone who's listening. <laughs> I'm not paid to say that. I just, oh, right. that's coming okay. totally, <laughs> it's coming totally from personal experience. And I will make sure um, for everyone listening, I will put the link to the blog you wrote about Disney, as well as some of the Disney resources that you used. I'll put some links to those um, in the show notes. So um, for anyone that wants to learn more, we'll have that available. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of wrap things up, I've got some fun questions for you, Katie. Um, so just to kind of refresh everyone's memory. Um, so your son has egg allergy, milk allergy, and um, not quite sure about the nuts, but mm-hmm. you're essentially following um, nut free as well. So those are your, those are your, um, your allergens in your house. So with that in mind, what would be your favorite um, allergy-friendly recipe? Oh, gosh. So I have to say your cookbook. I just did. <laughs> did I tell you yet about the uh, pork book? You roast? have not. No. Okay. Uh-uh. So I actually had my mom and stepdad over, and we made the pork roast that mm-hmm. was in your cookbook. And it was really, really good. It was, I think, a pork loin. I put it in a crock pot because you know me. I like quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was sauerkraut in there, I think apple juice maybe to tenderize the meat, and then we ended up adding some carrots in there, and there might have been another ingredient, but it was so moist, and I forgot how much I like sauerkraut, <laughs> so it was, yeah, so it was like a really nice like fall meal, because it's, you know, September now, and mm-hmm. it was also simple, it was just a few ingredients, but the meat was so like moist and like easy to cut, and my son ate it, so oh my it was, mm-hmm. So that, that was really, really good. So that's, I think, going to become a staple for us um, because that is awesome. yeah, it hits multiple food groups too, right? Like being a dietitian, like there's mm-hmm. protein there, there was fiber there. I actually did, I think, a whole post on that too, like all the various nutrients, niacin, vitamin mm-hmm. A, probiotics. Like it was just very nutrient dense, but also very flavorful. Oh, awesome. Yep. So that was a good one. And I did not pay you to say that. <laughs> you did not. You did not. I will, um, I will say okay. it's fresh in my mind because I literally made it like a week ago. Uh huh. So yeah, that was really, really good. Oh, awesome. And so for anyone who's interested, um, on my website, there is um, information about my e-cookbook that Katie is talking about that is available for purchase and download if you are interested in this and the other recipes in it. The other one in there that I'll highlight, and then I'll tell you a couple ones that I'm coming to like the forefront of my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. We tried also the penne pasta with the broccoli. Mm-hmm. That was really, really good too. We added chicken to it because my husband is a carnivore. And <laughs> that was That's awesome. Yeah, that was really, really yummy. It reintroduced broccoli because my son hasn't tried broccoli in a while, but he, mm-hmm. he did really like that. So that was a yummy one because we, awesome. like, we like pasta meals. And then our chicken strips, I have to be real. We have a ton of chicken strips at our house. Mm-hmm. Um, we that's something we can easily bake my son loves chicken strips so we do a lot of chicken strips at our house and usually with like cut up fruit or um french fries we'll do a lot of french fries too awesome awesome so my oh go ahead oh so i was just gonna say yeah those are some of our i think your question was favorite food allergy friendly meals or at least for my son's allergens Mm -hmm. those are those are um some ones that we do in this house oh a cereal and pea protein milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like yes. my son's favorite. And I'm like, don't you want something else besides cereal? But like when he gets home from daycare, that's like his go-to. He always wants cereal and we use Ripple milk at our house. And he's just, that's his like his go-to right now. Awesome. Yes, because we're talking about uh, milk allergy. So obviously like cow's milk is not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so you use Ripple's, um, the pea protein milk as your milk replacement. 
Yes. And he loves it. I was nervous the first time I bought it. I was like, is this mm-hmm. going to taste like not good? But I don't think he knew any different. And he just mm-hmm. loves the ripple milk. So that is a staple at our house. Awesome. Because we, I mean, we both know not all milk alternatives are equivalent as far as like the calcium content and the protein content of cow's milk. But mm-hmm. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but ripples milk is um, comparable protein wise. Comparable protein, comparable calcium, vitamin D, also has choline in it. And mm-hmm. I believe the one that we get has DHA as well. Okay. And fiber. Awesome. Yes. That's fiber. awesome. Yeah. So it's very energy dense. So if he's mm-hmm. like on a cereal kick, which it seems like he's been on a cereal kick the last few weeks, I know at least this is like a pretty nutrient dense from like different micronutrients. He's getting mm-hmm. those in. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What is your favorite, um, like food allergy resource throughout your whole, I mean, it's been about a three year journey now. What has, what, what, what's the number one thing you recommend, um, to other food allergy families? (laughs) You, (laughs) you're too kind. And I'm not, again, she's not paying me to say that I'm probably privileged though, in that I have your cell phone number (laughs) and we know each other. I would say, um, I think allergists are great. Mm-hmm. obviously, um, for like the assessment diagnosis treatment. But I do think like with dietitians, how we tend to be set up, like usually it's longer visits. And so I think mm-hmm. you can like cover so much more ground and have really good conversations. So I think you're honest to God, my favorite resource. Um, there is a food allergy moms group on Facebook mm-hmm. that I like, especially for like the very, you know, like candid like questions that get thrown out there Mm -hmm. and like seeing what other moms are doing. Um, But again, like, you know, you being a professional, I always think accessing a professional is a great idea. And then I think like the support groups are great for more of like that human interpersonal connection. Right. So those are the first two that come to mind. Um, Gosh, I love my clear backpack too. (laughs) That's my (laughs) other. So neat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. I just love that when we go somewhere, like you can see it. There is an EpiPen in there. It is known, which makes us feel good that if for some reason I was not there or, you know, whatever happened, someone mm-hmm. could see that backpack and see there is an EpiPen in there. Uh, my son has a little um, wristlet that has his allergens listed on like a band that he can wear mm-hmm. around his wrist. So, um that's probably my other resources too, is the, um, I know that's not necessarily food allergy, like, like a food thing. It's more medical, but mm-hmm. I do love my clear black pack that goes everywhere with us. Awesome. Okay. Last and final question. How do you take time for yourself outside of being a food allergy parent or, um, kind of in other words, like what brings you joy or what gives you passion, um, outside of the identity of food allergy mom? Oh, this is a good question. And this is one that I have to say I need to do more of because I do think you're right. Taking care of yourself is important so you can pour into your child's cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I did schedule a massage this week for myself. Good for you. Yep. I'm getting a massage done on Thursday. So I do like massages. I also like mm-hmm. exercising. I go to a uh, Pure Bar workout. Mm-hmm. They have a very good music playlist every class. I feel like I can kind of space out and be Katie and take off my mom allergy hat and also take off my dietitian private practice work hat. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like my go-to. I go almost every day for Mm -hmm. an hour. That's kind of like my time. So yeah, I do think exercising 
for me, I get everyone's, you know, wired differently and what helps them decompress. But for me, exercise helps me decompress. And Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Food Allergies. I also want to thank my guest, Katie Dreesens, for her willingness to share her experiences and reflections about being a food allergy parent. She wanted to stress that if she could go back and redo that experience, she would have given Epi immediately to her son. A special shout out goes to the talented Colin Braley, who wrote and performed my theme song. The cover art was photographed by Chris Woodruff and designed by Olive Fan. And before we finish up, if you like today's episode, please leave some stars or write a review for Let's Talk Food Allergies. You can also connect with me online at lisawoodruffnutrition.com or Instagram at BAFoodAllergyHelper. I will be taking some much needed time off over the holidays, so I'll be back with my next episode in mid-January. Until next time, friends. 